Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. <clears throat> Coming up on today's episode, we recap the Jets' back-to-back out east, including heli time at the Garden, a rough one in Jersey, plus a look ahead to a matchup on Long Island. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, everybody with me now? You can take a deep breath. Maybe try to relax a little bit. The two points. Are in the hands of the Winnipeg Jets. Maybe stylistically not the way we hoped that one went, but you split it. You find a way to split it somehow against the Devils and the Rangers, all in all. Not a bad weekend's work, but uh, yeah, maybe, maybe we uh, try to fix the process a little bit moving forward in this critical stretch of games coming up here. Maybe, I don't know. That's just me. Um, wow, what a <laughs> what a weird one against the Rangers. Um, Connor Hellebuck doing 37 things yeah oh man he was just absolutely out of his mind a hashik hashikian hashikian a dominic hashik like performance from Connor hellebuck against the new york rangers and that's really the only reason we're uh feeling a little bit good <laughs> feeling a little bit better after that one against the rangers especially after that uh ugly one out there in new jersey but the jets find a way to get it done 4-1 and Hellebuck gets his 50-burger in the game. So let's break it all down. I don't know how much good's going to happen to Tyson, despite despite the one-and-one start there, but CJOB's Tyson Rewicki will help me break it down over the next little bit. Tyson, how was the weekend? How we doing? Well, the weekend was fantastic. I mean, kick it off with a Jets win on Louis Riel Day. Just fantastic way to cap off the long weekend. Now... A little birdie told me that you met um, a Winnipeg icon over the weekend for the first oh, time. Yeah. Is that correct? Yes, I, I might have. On a, that was that was uh, one Andrew Hustler Patterson. How 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 was how was uh, the initial meeting of the uh, the man, the myth, the legend? Oh, we had a great talk. Just a nice, uh, great talk. Just it was just boys being boys. That's all. That's all I can say. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Is that? I think that's Tyson's subtle way of. I don't really remember a whole lot of what happened, but I remember. <laughs> I think that's what you're getting. I think Hus might have been the same way. Either way, 
Good to see you guys finally meet up. And Huss, uh, uh, we, we were texting back and forth on Saturday a little bit. And he said, um, yeah, he's, he's a nice kid. He's, 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 not, he's not like Brandon. You know, he's actually nice. So, Did you get the picture? I did get the picture. Yeah, I got the picture. Yeah, a couple of beauties in that one. So you, you made a good first impression at the very least, Tice. Um, maybe we'll have to get Huss on to the pod sometime soon again and, and have a little chat. Um, either way, though, let's start with the most recent game, and then we'll work backwards towards what happened out there in New Jersey. Um, I mean, <laughs> it's funny because the result's different. Did the Jets play worse in the win against the Rangers or the loss against the Devils? I I I don't know, <laughs> right? Like I I'm not sure. It's just games like this are always so weird, right? Because you kind of want to be miserable and grumpy, but they won, so it's like uh, like maybe you just take it and run. And, and and with the struggles the Jets have had, picking up points lately, like it, maybe it's just hey, let's let's do the robbery here at, at MSG, and and maybe this just kind of becomes a springboard to actual good play. But man, oh man, no doubt about it. Nobody's gonna, you know, bring out a big revelation in this one. If if not for Connor Hellebuck, uh, this was likely a seven to two, seven to four, eight four type of hockey game. He was again out of his mind in this one, but the team was just it was a mess in front of him for ninety five percent of the night. I don't know what do you what do you make like what do you make of the weekend I guess as a whole right because the game against Jersey was more of a it was more of a like where's the effort where's the energy where's the passion whereas this one was where where is everyone like what what are we doing out there yeah like this past this past it's hard to get excited about this past weekend with just the way that the games kind of went too and I mean Heilbuck it's showing why he's truly this team's MVP. I mean, he was just so calm, cool, collected today. There were so many, t- like, some of those pass acrosses on the power play to Zabinijad, and it was just like, he's there, squ- like, the shot's hitting him right in the Jets logo, like, completely just in the zone tonight. And coming off a of back-to-back, too, you don't really see that too much. And that was why I was a l- little bit concerned coming into this game. But, uh, I mean, I guess Bones knows what's going on, and he he made the right call tonight. Because if Dave Riddich was in net, and as good as Dave, Big Save Dave has been this season... <laughs> I yeah I don't know this game might be a little bit different but they got big time plays from their big time players in this one and that's kind of what the mo's been this season right it's just capitalizing when you do have those opportunities but um, yeah it's a little it, to me it is a little bit concerning I well and I, I I have to agree and again I hate being negative after a win I think it's kind of easy when you're outshot fifty one to twenty but. I guess what's concerning to me is, especially over the last 10, 12 games, we're seeing last year's team. 100%. That's the team we're seeing right now, and nobody wants to see that bunch of losers walk through the door anymore, right? That That's where the concern, like, I mean, it, there's also a macro discussion to be had, I think, as well. Like, if I mean, if you're Chevy, like, never mind if you're a fan, but if you're Chevy and you're watching this, it's like, I'm I'm giving up picks and prospects for this team. Like, is that is that not just you know putting duct tape on the Titanic? Like, at, like at some point you need a little bit more evidence that you know this is a team that's got that it factor that they had early on in the season. That right. that's what's concerning to me because like Hellebuck is always going to be Hellebuck. That that's like he's him and Morrissey are the two constants on this team right now, but 
you, you can't have performances like this over the next handful of games and then in the same breath go, Timo Meyer is going to fix all of our problems and then we're going to run through the, the Western Conference, a healthy avalanche and oil, this, 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 this. It, like, it's just, that, that's, not, that's not based in reality right there. The only thing is that if you're not going to do it now, then when are you going to do it, right? Like, I don't... Yeah. I don't, <laughs> it's I don't, weird. <laughs> I don't know what... Like, this team is, like, almost in a limbo state right now with them being kind of comfortably in the playoffs right now. I, like, I think you, you have to make a move. If you go into this season and you just kind of play it along, and the way the Jets are playing right now, this looks like this could be an early round exit. I mean, this is... The Rangers are one of the top teams in the East, and you see them go up against them, and it was just domination. Like, and come playoff time, it's going to be similar play. And I think the rain, like the Rangers, kind of expose what will happen in the playoffs with the Jets back end too. And I think like you got to make a move. I think if you just go into this deadline and tinker a little bit and add depth pieces, I think that's the wrong move. And I think, like, if in my opinion, I think that's almost you punting the season. Like, I think that's just you being happy with getting into the playoffs. And then before you know it, you're down Pierre Luc Dubois and Mark Shifley. And now where are you? I, like, I don't know. I just think. Well, I think, I, I, think I think kind of what you're getting at there, Tice, is there's a harsh reality that's set in that the group cur- as currently constructed is not going to do a whole lot come playoff time. Like maybe you went around, but I mean, outside of Hellebuck doing a, a, a J.S. Jaguar or, you know, a Carey Price from it, right? Like outside of that, this this team with the players that they have right now, it's it's just not going to get it done. Even, I mean, never mind the East, but even against some of the the so-so teams of the West, you just you can't play like that night in, night out during the playoffs and expect something to happen. So there, like, there's that aspect of it too. But then you also watch Hellebuck put on a performance like that. Morrissey to maybe a lesser extent, but Morrissey, what he's done all season long. And, and you're like, well, you're just going to waste another year of that? Right? Like at some point, don't you want to help those two, but specifically number 37, like get him some help and, and see like if he plays similar to that and we improve the team, isn't that a recipe for a deeper playoff run? It's just, it's it's weird. It's just weird right now. And I like, I almost wonder if the Jets players to, to an extent and, and not that it's, you know, not that it's like, you know, leaving them unculpable for what's going on here, but like you almost wonder if they're waiting for something. Like they're they're waiting for a move or two to happen, right? Because I, I I don't I don't really know how to explain their their awful play specifically in these in these past two games. You know they played pretty good against Seattle. Uh, I you know I think you have to give the Jets a little bit of credit there. I thought they played okay against Columbus as well, but these last two have been eye opening for for all of the wrong reasons. And I don't know. I, I'm trying to figure out a way to explain why they've been so bad outside of the blue paint, and I. I can't come up with a good one because outside of players waiting for the deadline, it's it's you know a, a combination of the effort's not there, the attention to details not there, the focus isn't there, the awareness, bad habits from last year creeping back in this like it's it's all coming in at the same time. It's an avalanche, but not not the one you're hoping for if you're a Jets fan and. Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know what to make of it. And and like it's it's just weird, Tyson, because there is that element that we spoke on, you know, the last couple of minutes. Get help for this team, get help for the guys that are here. But there's that other element of 
is it just a waste? Like, are, are you just wasting assets at this point for a team that doesn't really, hasn't shown that it deserves to get some major, major help come its way? I, I almost don't even know what the right answer is anymore. I would still lean towards, like, get some help, let's see what we can do. But, man, oh, man, talk about a team not instilling a ton of faith in their general manager to go out there and get the job done. Yeah, I, I mean, you said it perfectly at the beginning. Like, this is the same team from last year. Like, that's the way they're playing right now. Like, this is around the same time. It's the exact same way. And it's just, it, I, to me, something has to be done. Because it, you're just, it, to me, this roster is a ticking time bomb almost. If you're looking, like, if you're going into this year and you're kind of punting seasons and Hellebuck doesn't, even in, what is it, two years or three years? Like, when Hellebuck's contract's up and he sees the way the seasons have gone, it's like, well... I mean, do do I think I'm going to be able to win here? I think he he's like the ultimate competitor, and I think he wants to get that get reach that ultimate level. And I think that maybe with the way things are going, that there's a thought that creeps into these players' minds where it's like, can I win here? Is this the place I I think I can win? And I think that's where Chevy has to do his job as general manager. And this is even going back to this past off season. I mean, you got lucky with the way that the team has gone this season and how everything's kind of fallen in place, but you didn't do anything this past offseason. If you're really going to come up into this trade deadline and do nothing, I, I mean, I, I, to me, that's inexcusable. Yeah. yeah. And the other scary part of it too, Tyson, is it's not just one move, right? Like we're seeing major holes up front. We're seeing things that need to be shored up on the back end. It's it's not like, again, it's not like trading for Timo Meyer and, you know, Wipe your hands and away we go. Let's start planning the parade here. Like there's there's a few moves that that need to be brought in and, and some big time reinforcements because we're seeing some some question marks that we had early on in the year all of a sudden start to become major major problem areas. So yeah, it's I mean we're we're what two weeks less than two weeks now until the trade deadline. Like it's it's major go time here and and there's other teams that are playing better than the Jets right now that might be a little more desperate to get at some of the premium assets that are out there right now and there's only two to three of those that are you know readily available so it's yeah it's go time in a big way here the Jets can definitely think hellebuck that we're not talking about a complete and utter you know <laughs> a complete and utter drop to maybe outside the playoff line like what's gonna happen our guys gonna like th this and that like hellebuck has kind of stemmed the tide for a little bit here but now it's up to the guys that are out there on the ice to just like give your heads a shake get your asses in order here and let's try to get this thing back on track be the team that we were a couple of months ago as opposed to the team that they have been over the past several seasons which is not good enough a few things i want to get to from the game as well tice some individual performances a lot of bad, but I thought there were pieces of good mixed in there outside of Connor Hellebuck. We'll talk a little bit about the Devils game as well, and then look ahead to a big-time matchup out there on Long Island. But before we do all that, let's give a quick shout-out to our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, where new customers can get a risk-free bet of up to one K. That's right. Your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you get another shot to cash in. With plenty of action around, even though the NFL season has come to an end. Obviously, hockey, basketball as well. We saw golf, a great tournament over the weekend there. MMA is always floating in and around there. Plenty of intriguing action for you guys. The XFL as well. Go Battlehawks. All kinds awesome. of stuff. 
That was awesome. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. I it's bad that I actually knew what happened in that game. But either way, you know, if you want to throw down on St. Louis to uh make it two and oh next week, you can do so courtesy of our friends there over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't forget as well, same game parlays to bump up that winning total. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to one thousand dollars that's promo code thpn only at DraftKings sportsbook minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply see show notes for more details so should we do a bit of positive or, or more negative from that game first what are you feeling here negative, negative. <laughs> <laughs> all right well what do we have here nine nine oh four uh let's see if we can finish one before midnight okay taste um <laughs> The negative. I guess I guess we could start even before the game took place. Why in the world is Dylan Sandberg being sent to the press box? What are yeah. we what are we doing here? I mean, there there's there is a few going back to the previous game in New Jersey, some bizarre, major questionable lineup decisions. I mean, this let, let's stick with the defense first. There, there's some forward talk that we need to get to that is just utterly mind blowing right now. But I, I, I understand this team wants to kind of rotate, keep guys fresh, this, that. I think you could make the case right now that Dylan Sandberg might be, might be one of this team's four best defensemen. I think There's, he is. There is no reason, at worst, their fifth best defenseman. There is no reason whatsoever to have him sit in games right now. I'm sorry. I, I, I just, I don't see it. His play is his play, if anything, has warranted increased responsibilities and promotions, not demotions out there to the press box. And, and look, I, I get it's tough to you coming in cold, but then Logan Stanley went out and had an absolute stinker. I mean, my my God, he just looked completely out of sorts there. About that, I, I guess the Rangers' only goal of the night. You know, he's puck watching all over the place, not taking anybody in front of the net. I mean, Mark Shifley had a howler on that shift. But Logan Stanley just doesn't even know what's going on, and the Rangers eventually score for the only one of the night. But I thought he looked slow. I thought he wasn't able to acclimate to the pace of play. Like Dylan Sandberg would have done miles better, and he has done outstanding over the past several weeks now. So, I mean, that that is kind of number one there in terms of what, what's going on with what we're trying to do on the back end. But then you have this Saku Menelainen bizarre experiment of let's try to get this guy as many minutes as possible. Uh, look, he's a better hockey player than I could ever dream of being, but he's probably the worst forward on the team right now. And there's this bizarre obsession to get him more and more ice time and having him play in the top six, you know, I mean, the game against New Jersey, even a little bit in the game prior to that, I, I just can't for the life of me, figure out what's going on right now that you have Nikolai Ehlers playing, you know, 11, 12 minutes, the coach saying, well, you know, we got to find a way to get him more ice time. That's your job. That's your job. Like, you know, you fix it. You do it. <laughs> like, no one's holding you back here. Like, I don't think Scott Arneal is, you know, putting the blindfolds on him mid-game, right? Like, it, it, I don't know. That, that That's kind of leading to this whole level of, I don't want to say dysfunction necessarily, but it, it, it adds on to, it adds more and more layers of, why this team is just in a funk right now. And the coaching, I think, certainly isn't helping them in terms of the personnel and the lineups that they're throwing out there right now. Yeah, and I think um, 
that the, the way that the Jets are playing right now reminds me a lot of this Calgary-Dallas series where you're kind of he- relying heavily on Jake Ottinger, Connor Hellebuck to make the big saves, to stand on their head and outplay pretty much the other team's whole team, not just the other goaltender. You're having to be the star of the game every single game. And it's, it's, a, it's a recipe for disaster because eventually he's going to have a bad game. Like it's just, that's just the way it goes in, in this sport that some, sometimes it's just not going to be your night. And I think that, like, the way things are going, you can't just put Saku Mendelainen on the top line and think that this is going to solve our problems. This is going to fix things. And I get you want to have a little Indeed. bit of a mix-up in the lineup. But even with going back a couple of weeks, you've lost a capable NHL player in Mikey Acemont. You almost lost a capable player in Axel Janssen Fialbi. So you could keep a guy who's, who would go unclaimed. Like, he, he, would, he would 100% go unclaimed. And if one team wants them, go ahead, in my opinion. Like, I just, I don't understand. Like, to me, this season has really shown the Jets' asset management has just been kind of not great. Yeah. Going back a little while, like, I mean, we've talked ad nauseum about like, Billy. Careless. Hall. Careless, right? Yeah, totally. And you've done this job of getting guys, of scouting these players and finding these diamonds in the rough and guys who can contribute at the NHL level who were like late round picks, guys who were undrafted free agents, cast offs from other teams. But then you, you hit your boat to a guy who has been playing in the Euros the past couple of years. Like, I just don't really understand it. And a team like Carolina, who's one of the smarter teams in the NHL was like, you know what? We don't, we can probably get a better upgrade on this guy up front. I, that just, to me, that whole situation just boggles my mind. And then to throw in Logan Stanley tonight and you're, in his defense, you're doing him no favors putting him in against a team like the Rangers. Like he hasn't played in so long, then you're just going to be like, "Oh, here, t- take on this team that's going to be heavy on the yeah. forecheck and play the with hottest them. team in the NHL." <laughs> <laughs> like I just, to me, it's just, I and I don't understand why Dylan Sandberg is the one getting the getting the yank when we've seen Neil Pionk and I get they're two different defensemen. Like they're going to be realistically, if you're putting Logan Stanley, you want him in, the, in those penalty kill situations, but like Neil Pionk's been terrible. Like he's been garbage these past couple of games, and I, I just don't understand this merit of like who gets scratched and who deserves to get bumped up. To me, it's just kind of baseless, and I, it's just a coach playing favorites. And I mean, every coach has their favorites, but to me, it's just kind of irresponsible. You know what's actually funny I, <laughs> about what you said? Um, I th- I thought Neil Pyong played his best game of the season tonight. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like I'm not disagreeing with like the overall point there, but I was I was you know like while watching I'm like he's actually like I give him a lot I I've given him a lot of crap. Jets fans have been on him, I would say maybe rightfully so all year long. But like let's let's give him his flowers when he goes out there and plays and Pionk got a hell of a game. I mean look he was look at this fifty five percent Corsi. 55 hey. over 50 and expected goals and they got outshot 51 20 right like the, he was he was he was legitimately good he was I, I thought his by far his best game of the year in terms of moving the puck out of his own end which is his arguably his greatest strength so I mean that that was a slight positive Neil Pionk had himself a really good game so hey maybe that's something to build on there because if if you're not going to win the chicken sweepstakes you go going all in on Timo Meyer. You're basically hoping that Neil Pionk has to rediscover his form from a few seasons ago, and that, that that's who that guy was last night. So good, good, good for Neil Pionk. I, I agree with your your overall point there, Tyson. But I yeah, let's give him some credit. I thought Neil Pionk played himself a pretty pretty good game. Um, 
one other guy that I thought actually was was really good and who's been a bit of a whipping boy over the past week or two weeks, especially early on in the game, he was really good. I mean, the rest of the team kind of sucked after that. Um, but but we saw we saw why Pierre Luc Dubois is and and can be one of the premier power forwards in the NHL. Why he's a highly coveted asset and why he's going to be making probably nine to to ten million dollars a year on his on his next long term contract whenever and wherever he ends up signing it. The first period alone, I mean, in the first ten minutes could have had a hat trick. Shosturkin made highlight reel saves on all, all all three of his plays in and around the net there, but then he goes ahead and. I guess he ultimately did get credit for the goal, right? It didn't look like it hit off him at first, but they're giving him credit for the goal. Either way, the screen helped set that one up. And then Dubois on uh, one of the other plays in the game as well just drove right down the middle of the ice, and and Cheadle hacked him like eight times. Somehow there's no call on the play. But he just right through the ice, taking hits, taking chops, all sorts of stuff, and he's able to set up some offense there. Uh, You know, Dubois had a really, really rough last 12 or so games. But again, let's give him some credit here. He came to play in a big, big way against the Rangers, and he was pretty much, you know, the driving factor in the team's very minimal offense all night long. Yeah, and one other thing that we've talked a lot about Dubois too is his discipline. And I mean, yeah, like he did take that that hooking penalty and in, in the second period where it wasn't a great penalty, like it was a little bit, a little bit unneeded. But in that first period on the power play when he drove the net and Ryan Lindgren just laid one into him like he put a big lick on him and Dubois ate it and I think if we saw that a couple like even a week ago I think we see Dubois maybe take some liberties potentially take the Jets off the power play there so it's nice to see that he's kind of that he is kind of reining it in a little bit to not losing his cool I mean the penalty that he took was more so just being put in a kind of not great position and then it was a little bit of a lazy stick penalty so clean those up but the it, it's uh, look it, it 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 can't be a pld game without a bad penalty right i, I was kind of laughing at that it's like he's played really good well yeah another penalty you just kind of got to live with it yes but at least he's able to not totally lose his cool on plays that we've seen before where he might have kind of done something stupid so that's that's a positive to see too baby steps baby steps right you, you, you play you played good in terms of the offensive game and you only took one penalty that's a step in the right direction for this. That kind of illustrates where this team is at right now. Um, so that was good. I thought I thought Dubois was 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 pretty impactful in this game. So let's hope he continues that down the stretch. I'll say it again too in terms of how this this lineup is is situated. I mean, it's a little different too. We'll see how long Perfetti's going to be out for, but I think right now with how out of it this team is, I think I go full power and I I go Dubois, Connor, Ehlers on on line one. Like I to me to me that's got to be the move here, get get Nikki more ice time, make sure Dubois is going. I, I I just think that's been this team's best line all season long. We haven't seen a whole lot of it. Um, to to me that that's got to be the move here. Well, again, we'll see what happens with Cole Perfetti there, but you know I I, I don't feel terrible about Shifley and Wheeler being together. Then you can have essentially whoever else you want to throw out there on that line right now. You know Wheeler's been close to a first line forward all season long, but that's. That, that, to me, has got to be the go-to. It's, it was good to see Ehlers get on, on the first power play unit, and it paid dividends as well with the team scoring their only or, or one of their goals on the night on the man advantage. But, um, yeah, we, we, we need to, I think we need to see the big boys get suited out there, especially with some of the matchups coming up, maybe not against the Islanders, but a few games against the Avalanche on tap soon, and 
Um, maybe that's the move to go up against Nathan McKinnon is let's go power on power and put our big dogs up against theirs. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I just think that the times that the Jets have played the best this season is when that line is together. Like when they were, when Nikolai Ehlers first came back to the lineup and everyone, everyone was kind of going, uh-oh, like, look out, Ehlers is coming back and he's, he's off to a hot start. Like, I think that was the time where people were most excited about the Jets team. And I think like going back towards that does bring that kind of element to your team where you have that line where teams are circling and they're really, they're really focusing in on those three guys. And then that just opens up the the ice for the whole rest of the forward group. And I think that would be a, just a huge thing for this team. And really, I think that Shifley and Wheeler have done well together. And I think that out of all the players on the Jets forward group right now, I think Wheeler has the best chemistry with Shifley. I think sometimes throughout this season, Shifley's, I, I, I've kind of been thinking about this for a while. I don't think Mark Shifley is necessarily hard to play with, but there's times where he doesn't necessarily click with his teammates and use his teammates as well as he should. You know, like, you you know what I mean? Like I just, well, cause he's, I mean, he's the previous coach had him with the two same line mates for practically two to three seasons. Right. So he's used to, he's used to guys playing a certain way. And I, I think that's partly why him and Nikolai Ehlers haven't totally clicked playing on a line together is that, you know, he's, he's, it's, it's interesting that he's so skilled and so good in the offensive zone, but especially when him and Wheeler are on a line together, their game is so simple. Like it, it is like really simple cycle and then try to find somebody in terms of a pass in a dangerous area off of that. But there's not a whole lot of freewheeling all over the place. So that's kind of what you're touching on there. Um, just quickly too. Is that one of the worst games a guy can have scoring two goals? What, what do you what do you make of Shifley's game as of late? I I mean I kind of alluded to it there. I'm not too impressed. Like the guy that we saw earlier this season, where he was just he was a force. Like he was going he was going and getting the puck himself. He was battling off two guys, and now it just sort of seems like he's almost lost a gear. Like there's I don't know like if he's, he's maybe... getting his foot off the gas. Yeah, hundred percent. I I wonder if maybe there's a little lingering injury there. I wonder if. Like, I don't know. It's tough, but it's not the same guy that we saw at the beginning of the season. And even going back to last season, it's already kind of becoming a re- reoccurring thing. I think he had a great start to the season last year. And as the season went on, we all saw kind of the, the pitchforks come out after that. But I I don't know. It's it, it, I really just don't know what to make of his play these past two seasons and like how it's how it's gone. He's, he's regressing right now. And... I mean, yeah, I don't want to spend a ton of time on it here because we're going to cap off the episode soon. But let, let's let's get the guy from early in the year back. You, you're 100 percent right. He, he's he's not as engaged as he as he was early in the season. It's it's concerning. You know, I, I'd I'd like to see that guy come back because at that time the points weren't necessarily there for Shifley, right? Like he he was not, not struggling to score, but just not putting up illustrious numbers. And I thought he was his best. I thought he was this team's best forward. I thought he was great. And you're right. He was physical. He was, he was forceful. He was trying defensively, for, which for him over the past few years is a big step up. And it's just, yeah, it's been a little bit too much of 2019, 2020, 2021. Like we... We need to pick it up a little bit here. And again, I don't know if this team is going through the motions right now for for some odd reason, but like it's 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 time to pick it up, boys. Like an, an, enough's enough here. You you, you kind of have a playoff spot wrapped up. 
eight points up on Calgary, you pretty much have a playoff spot wrapped up. But like Colorado's right there now. Dallas is struggling. Like there's a spot atop, at the top of the central for you waiting. You know, Minnesota's not all that far, right? Like it's it's pickup and go time. I, I, yeah, I, and I, I think I think 55, he can set a pretty big example for this team. You know, when he's going, I think the rest of the team really has no choice but to follow his lead here. And uh, we can't be having shifts like that one on the Rangers' only goal of the night here, where it's skate for no reason in front of the net, lose the puck, don't try to win it back, lazy defensively, not good enough, not strong. Like, we need to see, like you said there, Tyson, early season Mark Shifley. We need to see him for an extended period of time here. Hopefully we see him when the Jets hit the ice for their next matchup. An interesting, intriguing one. Fortunately for the Jets, too, on paper at least, a much easier matchup than the uh, Sunday-Monday duo was. The New York Islanders, Tyson, a team kind of in disarray and then dealt a devastating blow Monday as well with the news that their best player, Matt Barzell, is out indefinitely, probably out until the last handful of games in the regular season. But the Horvat trade comes in. They were losing to crap teams right after that happened. They're technically in the last wildcard spot, but points percentage-wise, Buffalo and Detroit are, are ahead of them with a ton of games in hand here. What do you quickly, what do you make of this upcoming matchup against the Islanders? And, and what do you make of New York as a as a whole? I, I hope the Jets beat them because I can't stand the Islanders. I think they're <laughs> I, I can't I can't stand that organization to be honest. I can't stand the way they play hockey. It's boring. It's not good for the sport. I can't stand Lou Lamorello and that his dinosaur ways. I like who what kind of guy tells grown men that they can't grow facial hair? Like what's wrong with you? Like I, I or, or wear high numbers. I, I I don't understand like everything that that team does and I am so happy that, and in my opinion, I feel like Lou Lamorello kind of in his own head is going, you know what? I'm not going to be here much longer. Like, I'm, I'm not going to see the end of this Bo Horvat contract. I'm not going to see, uh, whatever. I'll get rid of this future. I'll, and if I can win a cup, I win a cup. If not, peace. I'm going to the Hall of Fame. See you guys later. I think there is what... there is something kind of badass about that. <laughs> where he's like, like, look, don't put an eighty year old in charge of a business because I'm not going to manage it. You know, with five to ten years in mind here, um, it, it's a it's a weird one. I mean, the Islanders haven't they haven't been able to recapture that Trot's magic for almost two full seasons now. Like, I I don't know if that team that went to the Eastern Conference Finals is is ever going to be coming back. Um, which is also interesting because their goaltending is better right now with Sorokin playing at a, at a at a pretty high level. But it's not, it's but but even then though, I, you know now now that I say that those Islanders teams weren't great in the regular season either. They just oh, kind of followed it up come playoff time. I was just gonna say what and that when they made the East, the Eastern Conference Finals the first time, that was the lock or not the lockout. Sorry, that was the COVID shortened season, and they were free falling. Like they, everyone was saying that this Islanders team isn't looking too great right before the stoppage start stop. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, well, we'll let uh, everyone into the playoffs this year. And then uh, that's hockey. You just need to go on a run. And that's what – now, granted, they repeated the next year. And I think that next year was more impressive to me just because that was a more sustained performance. But I, I've just never been impressed with the Islanders. I don't think their forward group's that good. I mean, they have Matt Barzell, but 
Brock Nelson, Anders Lee, like those guys are going to break apart in two years. And now you're looking at this team's outlook. You have no first round picks, no prospects, no cap space, and you're probably going to miss the playoffs. Like, I don't know. This team's kind of just in that no man's land now. And I'm, I'm happy to see it. <laughs> yeah. Tell, tell us how you really feel tasted about the Islanders. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's going to be an interesting one. I, I'm always like, they're not playing good, but they're also desperate and desperate teams always kind of scare me. And hey, let's face it. The jets aren't playing good either right now. So it's not like, like they get the win and everything, which is great, but you know, they, they got to find a way to, to turn it around and, and, and do so quickly as well. Um, I, I would still say this is one of the jets, you know, should take care of business in um, because the Islanders are one of the few teams played worse than them right now. So, so go out there and end without Matt Barzell on top of it too. So it, it, it's just, yeah, they're, they're, it's a different team there. They're, they're not, a, even with how good Sorokin's playing, they're not as staunch defensively. And yeah, they, they're paying a lot of guys, a lot of money up front, but outside of, um, outside of Brock Nelson, you know, a lot of people aren't living up to expectations right now. So this is a game I think that the Jets, you know, especially with their top six, they should be able to find some some matchups that they like and and, and I think exploit a, a a spotty Islanders team. I also do think we should get Dylan Sandberg back into the lineup against the Islanders in this one. Don't do the coach move of we don't change the lineup after a win because that was a win only only by name. <laughs> that, that's a performance that you need to maybe shake up the, the lines and the deep pairings a little bit there. So we'll see what happens for the Jets as they wrap up their road trip against the Islanders on Wednesday night before coming home. The matchup or the, the schedule rather doesn't ease up too much either for the Winnipeg Jets, but at the very least, after that one against the Islanders, they'll have three straight at home and six of their next seven at Canada Life Center. So uh, time to make some hay and only a few more games as well to do it before the upcoming NHL trade deadline. Uh, But that'll do it for this episode here. We'll cap it there. Thank you guys so much for listening once again to another episode of Skates and Plates right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. We'll get back at it on Friday morning, breaking down that matchup for the New York Jets against the New York Islanders out there on the road, and then we'll get set. What's that? You went New York Jets. New York Jets. Did I say the New York Jets? (laughs) Oh, they're playing so bad that the the, the... (laughs) – Good God. That's a Freudian slip if I've ever heard one. My God. Either way, we'll talk about Jets-Islanders, wherever they're – whoever they're from. We'll talk about that and uh, and get ready for a matchup, a tough one, a big one, Friday night against – the Colorado Avalanche with potentially second spot or top spot in the central up for grabs as Colorado's getting healthier. Uh-oh. Objects in the mirror are closer than they appear. Look out for the Avalanche. So we'll break down that matchup for you as well. Until then, though, thank you guys once again for listening. I'm your host, Brandon Rowicki, CJOB's Tyson Rowicki helping out once again. Enjoy the rest of your week. Have a great time and stay safe, everybody. We'll talk to you guys Friday morning. Peace.